This is America on Par, a powerful bunch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for listening. Thanks for checking it out, downloading it on iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn and SoundCloud and all those other places. Make sure you tell your friends about it. Pew Research is trying to understand why more and more Americans, when asked about their religion, are saying none of the above. Some of the reason is because people are leaving the church. They don't like the organized religion. Those individuals haven't lost their faith in God. They've just lost their trust in the church. Another group has decided that faith, the faith they were raised with, isn't correct. They aren't sure what is right, but what they don't think is that the church has all the answers. And the third set, the smallest of these three groups, are the atheists. These are people who not only don't believe in the church, they don't believe in God or any deity at all. In 2007, that group was about 4% of the population. Today, it's about 7% and growing. Now, I'm not trying to change the minds of people who don't believe in God today. I personally think that that conversation is one that's more appropriate in a one-on-one setting rather than a mass podcast. But what I do want to convince you of is that whether you believe in a deity or not, it's in your best interest to vote for people who do. Now, that may seem counterintuitive, but it's true, and I can show you why. It's all in the Declaration of Independence. The Declaration of Independence is the founding document of America. It lays out the legal reasoning for why we were allowed to separate from Great Britain in the first place. The Constitution, the supreme law of the land, wouldn't exist if the Declaration hadn't been written and signed. Not only does the Declaration state why we should be allowed to leave the crown, it also lays out the reasoning about why governments exist, what their proper role is, and whose responsibility it is to establish a government. I know you've heard these passages before, but there is deep meaning in each line that still applies to your life and your freedom today. It's not just something that should be recited by school children. It's an explanation to you about where your rights and your freedoms come from and what your responsibilities are to protect that. So here's the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, there are several critical points here. First, it was obvious to the founders that we are each created, that we didn't just happen on accident, but that there is an intent behind our existence. Second, all of our rights, not just life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but all of our rights are given to us by the being who created us. They refer to that being as the creator. 
Third, those rights cannot be taken away, period. All right, keep those points in mind. I'm going to circle back in a minute. The second sentence of the Declaration of Independence doesn't stop there. It continues. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are not the only things that were self-evident or obvious to the founders. The list continues. These other things are also self-evident. Quote, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundations on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. There's a lot in there, and it's all important to your life today. Let's unpack it. The top part lays out the legal justification for why government exists in the first place. What is the only job of government? The answer was obvious to the founders. It was self-evident. The only job for government is to, quote, secure these rights. The only job that government has is to ensure that every person has full access to the inalienable rights granted by the Creator. The only job of government is to make sure that you personally have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's it. That's why governments are instituted among men. Where does government get the power to secure these rights? From the people. Where do the people get the power? From their individual liberty. And where does that come from? From the Creator. So ultimately, government gets its power from the Creator as well. It's just filtered through the consent of the governed. This is deep, deep stuff, right? Our founders were philosophers. They had really thought about this. Now, what happens if government, any government, doesn't do its job? What if it's doing something other than securing our rights? What if instead of securing those rights, government denies those rights? What then? Then the people have the additional right to alter or abolish that government and to form a new one. Notice they don't have the right to eliminate that government and replace it with anarchy. No, the Declaration clearly states that if one government is taken down, a new one must be built in its place. Now, you know we did that process once. When we declared our independence from Great Britain, we were abolishing one form of government that had become destructive to the rights of man. But we actually did the same thing again. See, the first government we formed wasn't based on our current Constitution. It was based on the Articles of Confederation. But the Articles weren't working. They were becoming destructive. So the Founders abolished the Articles of Confederation and replaced it with a new government, the Constitution. They thought that government structure would do a better job of securing our inalienable rights, affecting our safety and happiness. The reason the Constitution exists, the reason our Constitution exists, 
is because the Declaration of Independence, our first legal document, says we had the right to alter or abolish a previous form of government in the first place. We've also used our right to alter our government as well. Every single amendment to the Constitution is an alteration to that government. There are currently 27 amendments to the Constitution. That means we have altered this particular government 27 times. We still have those rights today. We still have the right to alter or abolish our government if it becomes destructive to our rights. Keep that in mind. Okay, so what does this all have to do with voting for someone who believes in God? Don't we have separation of church and state? Doesn't the First Amendment, the very first alteration to this government, say that government can't establish a religion? If government can't establish a religion, then why do I have to vote for someone who is religious to protect my rights? It doesn't make any sense. Because there is a difference here between theology and philosophy. The creator mentioned in the Declaration of Independence isn't based upon revelation. It's based upon reason. I just finished reading a really interesting book by Kevin Seamus Hassan titled Believers, Thinkers, and Founders. He really digs into this. In it, he makes the argument that the founding fathers didn't just believe in a god because of their religion. Rather, they knew there was a God because of reason. The founding fathers were students of philosophy. About half of them had been to young colleges established in the, in the colonies, like Harvard and William & Mary, etc. There, they read and debated the works of Aristotle, Thomas Aquinas, and Isaac Newton. They knew there was a supreme being not because Jesus or Moses said so in the Bible, but because Aristotle, a Greek philosopher who lived before Jesus was born, laid out the logic of the existence of a supreme being in his work, Metaphysics. Notice the Declaration of Independence doesn't use the name God or Jesus, or Moses, or Yahweh, or Allah, or Vishnu, or Thor, or Zeus, or L. Ron Hubbard. It says creator. Our government is not supposed to establish a religion, but it's also not supposed to abandon reason. There is a logic that's being laid out here that is critical to your continued rights. Government gets its power from the consent of the governed, or the people. The people get their power from their individual liberty. That liberty is inalienable. It's a right granted by the Creator. So that right only exists if the Creator exists. If the founders were wrong and there is no Creator, then you don't actually have any rights. If a Creator didn't give us our rights, then who did? Thomas Jefferson? He's dead. He can't secure your rights for you. Not anymore. He's dead. Without a creator, government wouldn't get its power from the consent of the governed. It would get its power from its power. Th that means the more power it attains, 
the more power that would be within its grasp. That's why whether you personally believe in a creator or not, you need to vote for people who do. If we put people in positions of power who don't believe that our rights are granted by a creator, any creator, then what the Declaration calls inalienable are all of a sudden alienable. What the Declaration declares cannot be taken away will be taken away. It's happened time and time again in other nations. It can happen here. When you go to vote, make sure the people you are giving your consent to have not only read the second sentence of the Declaration of Independence, have not only understood every part of that sentence, but who believe every word to be absolutely true with every ounce of their soul. Your ability to ever have the chance to be happy depends upon it. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of the morning, I can see old glory flying.